All right, Albert Breer is with us now, so we'll do a little NFL with him. There's a lot going on. Albert, where do you want to start? Uh, what grabs you? Well, I mean, I guess since I'm talking to a guy in New York, the Landon Collins thing really jumped oh, out. Oh, man, I can't believe uh, how much money he got. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, look, maybe they have a plan for him. I just know, uh, like, a lot of the rest of the league was lukewarm on him. Well, they know he can't cover. They know he can't cover. Yeah, and that's the issue is, you know, you absolutely have to have a plan for him. And, um, you know, I, I know most of the teams that were, that, 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 saw him as a fit would have put him in a Cam Chancellor type role. I don't know if that role is there for him in Washington. And, you know, I think you'd argue the player they traded for, HaHa Clinton Dix, who's probably going to be leaving now, um, was a better player and maybe cheaper. So that was one, I mean, good for Landon, you know. Yeah, made a lot of money. uh, Made a lot of money, and, 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 and he's proven that he can make plays, but He's also a flawed player, and so I was surprised that, that, that he got $14 million per. And that was the, I, of all the things that have happened today, I'd say that's the one that jumps out at me most. And obviously, I mean, the Pats knew Trent Brown was going to get paid, but boy, how about the biggest contract in history, huh? Yeah, you know what? I think that that's just more a reflection of where the league is from an offensive line standpoint than anything else like. It's, uh, it's harder to develop that position than it's ever been, and... It's harder to project those guys. You know, it used to be that you draft a, a left tackle in the top 10, you plug him in, and he'd be there for 15 years. And it was the easiest position to evaluate, going back to the days of Tony Baselli and Jonathan Ogden and all those guys. And um, because of the way that offense is being played in high school and college, it's gotten harder and harder. And develop, developing them has gotten diff, more difficult and more difficult because of the restrictions on practice at every level of the game, including the NFL. And so if you're, if you're a decent one and you get out onto the market, you're going to get paid. And we saw it last year with Nate Solder and Andrew Norwell and Ryan Jensen and all those guys. And uh, it's proven again that if, if you're a pretty good offensive lineman and you make it to free agency, you're going to get paid in a very big way. This just in, and this is the worst-kept secret in the history of the NFL. Nick Foles signs with the Jaguars. So uh, what a shock, huh? I mean, uh, we every, yeah. everyone in America had him going to the Jaguars every step of the way from the time, basically from uh, December on. So, I mean, that's sure. where he, that's where he was. I don't know how much money. Have you heard any money yet for him? I, I mean, I heard the market was softer than he would have liked. You know, that was really – I think it was evident in the trade market. The Eagles did, you know, shop him around. And, uh, you know, I think what they found was that with that tag attached to him, and it was the, tag, the tag would have been um, $27 million, uh, they weren't going to be able to move him um, for more than what they were going to get back in a comp tech. And I think that kind of shows you that despite everything that he's done, he's been great in the clutch and played big, big in some big games and all of that. The league still views him as a limited quarterback, you know, and – I, the, the market out there was limited for him. And, Four years, um, eighty-eight million. Eighty-eight million over what? Four years. Uh, Four years, eighty-eight million. I don't know what's guaranteed. We don't know yet. Four years, eighty-eight million. That's fair. I mean, that's. I mean, twenty-two million per Mike for. That's a quarterback uh, number. That's twenty. That's, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a middle of the road quarterback yep. contract. So that sounds about right. I mean. I mean, look, Tyrod Taylor made sixteen million last year. Sam right. Bradford made twenty million last year. I mean, this is that's a sense that's a sensible number for Nick Foles. Um, it make I mean, it's 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 what you would expect for a guy who's going to be, you know, in reality, probably a bridge quarterback for them. What do you think Bell's up to? And I like I've heard most teams have Bell around eleven or twelve. Now it only takes one again to go to fifteen or sixteen and blow the top off of all of this, but. 
Um, I know uh, the, the teams that have been involved were concerned about, you know, the injury history, the tread on his tires, the suspension history, the fact that he was out of football for a year. He's a great player, Mike. I mean, he's more than just a running back. He's a guy you can use in every which way because he catches the ball as well as any back in the league. But, I, you know, all the, all the strings attached, I know, causing some, some, some teams to pause on him. And um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a Jet. I don't think the Jets are going to pay what, say, Todd Gurley um, you know, got, uh, got, got a year ago. I don't think they're going to go in that neighborhood for him. Um, maybe somebody does, but you know, I, I know that most teams had him valued at around eleven or twelve million dollars a year. Foles is four eighty eight, fifty million guaranteed is the right. is the contract. Four eighty eight, fifty guaranteed for Foles in Jacksonville, as expected. We're talking with Albert Breer. Um, some of these deals that we mentioned, including uh, the Giants uh, and and uh, and obviously Landon Collins going to Washington, the Jets being active with the trade uh, for uh, the guard from the Raiders, Kalichio uh, Simmons comes to the Raiders to the Jets. Uh, they signed Brown, and then uh, of course the Jets got uh, Jamison Crowder. They just signed him too. Yeah, and I I think the Jets. I mean, look, this is sort of what I was told, that the Jets were really going to work the fringes of the, mar- the edges of the market and try to try to bring in a bunch of guys for solid pros. And I think the Assembly deal was sort of a way to get around spending big guaranteed money. Now, Assembly's not cheap. No. But, um, he's five years, 58. Years he was 558. He's two years into a 558 contract. Right. And he's got, I think, about 22 left the last right. two years of his deal which he's younger than the top two guys that are out there on the market, Roger Saffold and Ramon Foster at the position. I just don't have to give up guaranteed money to get him. So I do think that that was sort of when the Jets did that, what that was really about was it was about not having to splurge with an older free agent because that was what they were looking at. And so they, they, they bring in a really good player and they get some flexibility along with it because the, the two years left of the deal aren't guaranteed. And then, I mean, Jamison Crowder is a fit thing for them. It's uh, like Adam Gates' type of receiver. He likes slots, and he likes guys who can play inside and out. And, um, you know, quite frankly, he likes a lot of the guys that match what New England's had over the years. And Jamison Crowder is that type of receiver. And so if he can stay healthy, and he had the injury problems last year, but if he can stay healthy, this could be a really good value signing for the Jets. They get him at less than $10 million a year. And I think in Adam Gase's offense, if the quarterback's playing well, you can project him to be an 80 to 100 catch guy. Um, what else? Anything? Uh, what's the fallout from the uh, from the Raider Brown stuff? Yeah, and I think that the the, the interesting thing here. So uh, there there are two levels. To this, I mean, the the league wide level um, of all of this, I think, is just how this is going to affect guys who are in contract situations, particularly at that position coming up over the next year or so. And so I, the one I'm watching is Julio Jones. Um, he was promised by the Falcons to get a new contract. He's got two years left on his deal. He's shown a willingness to hold out in the past. He won't do it in a loud way, the way that Brown did it. He'll be very quiet about it. But he has shown a, he has shown you know willingness in the past to stand his ground and, and to stay away. And so – He'd be one I'd keep an eye on. And, you know, then there are other guys like an Amari Cooper or like a Michael Thomas, the younger guys who are going to be up for contracts. The real fallout here, Mike, is that, you know, when a, when a player gets to the point in his deal where he's got no, no guaranteed money left and he wants 
and he and, and, and he wants he wants a, a new deal. This is going to be seen as sort of like a, a lever that they can pull, where it's it's not you're asking money from your your current team. It's can I shoot my way out of town and get guaranteed money from another team? And so I think that's the fallout league wide. And then as for Pittsburgh, I mean, look, you know this as well as I do. That for forty or fifty years has been one of the more player friendly environments in the NFL. Uh, they've always been able to absorb big personalities. This is the first time in forever that it's really boiled over this way. And so how does this affect them going forward as far as how they draw lines with players, what they're permissive of and what they're not permissive of? Uh, the way that Bell and, and Brown handled the last two years, and now the fact that both of them are going to get rich at the end of the, at the, at the, end of the road, um, yeah, I, I think that that's it's a tough precedent here for the Steelers and, 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 and what it means for them going forward. And so – It'll be really interesting to see how they handle it coming out of there. Very interesting. So, um, what else are you looking for that hasn't happened yet? Uh, what, what, anything else that jumps yeah, out? I mean, I, I would just tell you. I mean, I think Trey Flowers is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the pass rushers, and there'll be a couple guys who aren't huge names yet, but I think will be. You know, bringing in, bringing down big numbers, and that's uh, Zayarius Smith from the Ravens, and then and then Preston Smith from the Redskins been a complimentary pass rusher there and could wind up with 14 or 15 million dollars a year i think then there's the you know what how does the landon collins um deal affect the safety market as it relates to guys like tyron matthew and earl thomas um that's a big one and then there are two really good off-ball linebackers out there and cj mosley very good and player Barr, very who good i think are both going mosley's to a really good player really good player i mean really good players who i think I mean, you could see, I think you could see Mosley in the $16 million a year range and Barr in the 13 or $14 million a year range. And I can just tell you the team there, the, 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 the Jets, they're on both guys. And um, Greg Williams is very, very fond of Anthony Barr from the Vikings. And so those would be two other guys to watch. Thanks very much. We'll chat again. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right, Albert Breer, back after this. 